Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus on Why podcast, I am joined by Louise Wright and SAS superstar Louise, that is. Welcome. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for having me. I'm a super fan of your podcast. I think I've listened to pretty much all of them so far. So I'm really uh, honoured to be asked along and excited to, to share my story. Well, I think you're probably about the only person who's managed to catch up with all of the episodes because there have been quite a few. So well done on that. <laughs> I'm a big I'm a big podcast consumer. I, uh, through lockdown, set myself the challenge of 12,000 steps a day. So that is about two podcasts a day. So that's the rate that I consume. Perfect. Well, this podcast was specifically designed just for you. That's right. It must have been. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, in essence, it really is. It was to help people through lockdown right at the outset. I just I just knew that there would be a space for it. And then it's just carried on and it's just hit the hearts of so many people. And it, as of today, which we're recording back in September, I know this is coming out a little bit later in October, but this podcast is in 56 countries. And I know that there'll be more by that point. And it's just crazy. You know, you can get your words out there to a global audience nowadays. And you know that as an author. Absolutely, I do. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Well done on what you've achieved with it, Amy. And I know it's going to go from strength to strength. Thank you. Absolutely. Very exciting space to be in. So let's just say, go back to my introduction. I called you a SAS superstar what does that mean? Uh, well, what I'm doing, Amy, is I right now I'm helping to educate and inspire people to take control of their personal economy um, using a tool called a SAS pension, which is something that I have done. So a SAS stands for a small self-administered scheme. Um, it's often called a direct pension. Um, it's essentially a pension trust that's set up by a limited company. Um, for the benefit of the directors, really, and uh, it allows the directors effectively to manage uh, their own pension linked to the company, um, you know, and to be in control of the investments that they make. And crucially, they can use the pension as a bank to loan into the business, um, which is, you know, which is where the appeal is, really. It's, it's used by entrepreneurs to build property portfolios. It's used by uh, business people to to you know to grow and expand their businesses. So I am a SAS trustee, which means I have a SAS pension. Um, and as I say, I'm I'm helping to educate and inspire people to do what I have done in terms of taking control of my personal economy through a SAS pension. I am personally working to leave a financial legacy to support my two children. Um, who have got special educational needs and disabilities. And I identified um, about two years ago that a SAS could be a tool 
for me to enable that legacy. And so that, that's kind of why I've become a SAS trustee. And then through my book, as I say, I'm, I'm just trying to get the message out there that a, a SAS is a, is a powerful tool for planning your legacy and also for planning uh, for, for wealth building as well, um, which is its appeal, really. And you're not the first guest to come on who has been a SAS trustee. There's quite a few of us who are and it but we're not we're not in a majority there aren't that many out there there aren't there are i believe at the last count just over 22,000 sasses active sasses in this country which when you think about the size of our population and the number of people that have pensions now i know that's declining over time and perhaps younger people aren't opting in to workplace pensions or even private pensions in, in the same way that they used to. But if you think about the sheer number of adults, you know, of working age in this country that have pensions, then 22,000 is, um, is a tiny minority. And so, you know, I do think it's um, inherent to being a SAS trustee, actually, that you are prepared to, you know, break out of the status quo and swim against the tide and, and do something different. Which is, which is one of the reasons it, it appeals to me, actually, with, with my personality type. But, um, but yeah, you're right. We are in the minority. And as women, we're very much in the minority, Amy. Mm, absolutely. Well, taking control of your personal con- economy is an incredible thing to do. And not without sort of the risks and the responsibilities. There are a lot attached to that. Uh, but you mentioned legacy and you talked about your children. What specifically can it do to help them? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, thinking about setting up the SAS for me, the the, the triggers were were twofold. There were two triggers, really. Um, The first trigger was I was approaching 50 and I was starting to think about how long I wanted to continue to work full time uh, in corporate life before retiring or at least maybe scaling down the pace of my work. I love what I do and and I still do it um, in terms of, you know, my professional career. uh, But I wanted to um, start to prepare, you know, for life after corporate life. So, you know, I set the goal that by 55, I would be achieving financial independence and able to have that choice to leave corporate life if I if I wish to do that. And so one of the things that I that I want to do personally is to do more work advocating within the special educational needs and disability space and you know again supporting parents to do what I have done which is um, securing um, an educational health and care plan for my eldest daughter which was a huge amount of work Um, I describe it as sort of the the last year of my life really we can maybe talk a bit more about that but you know that's you know for me the 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 reason for me for setting up the SAS was about giving me time do the things that I want to do and to support others and to share the journey that I've been on and for people to learn from that. But secondly, you know, the the I suppose the deeper why really is, you know, my my two daughters, um, both of who've got special educational needs and, and disabilities. And so the the SAS is, is a way to um, leave a legacy because Specifically, it it differs from other pensions in that it doesn't die with you. And just a little backstory on this, this Amy, um, to do with um, with the name of our SAS. A SAS has a name, just like a business does, and it's registered with HMRC as an entity. 
we called our SAS Ebony SAS after Ebony Wood. And the reason for that is my eldest daughter came up with this actually because Ebony Wood has a spiritual meaning in paganism, meaning something precious that has to be looked after for the next generation. Um, so that's what having the SAS is all about to me. Yes, it's about, you know, trying to retire early and spending more time doing things that I want to do and sort of, you know, the, the money aspects. But it is actually about, you know, leaving that legacy to, to the children as well. Another part of the of the Ebony story, actually, is uh, we, we found um, some writing by J.K. Rowling of, of Harry Potter fame. And uh, she talks about Ebony, about wands made of Ebony wood, Ebony wand wood. Uh, she talks about it being happiest in the hands of those that are nonconformist and highly individual and have the courage to be themselves and, and not be swayed from their purpose. And these all describe the, you know, the reasons really for, for choosing to go a different path, you know, with those 22,000 other people and that small minority, uh, breaking free of, of the norms and the expected ways to sort of work up to a retirement age and, and then retire. So, you know, all, all of that was, was really meaningful to us really. But I mean, just the specifics on, on the pension, when you have a corporate pension, um, sometimes called a defined benefit or a, or a final salary pension, you know, if you live to a grand old age and keep drawing that pension every year, you know, the, the benefits are fantastic and they just go on and on and on. The pension never runs out, right? But if you die prematurely, then the pension dies with you. So if you have um, a spouse as a beneficiary, which in my case I would have, my husband, you know, if I died prematurely, he could, he, he would only get half of my pension entitlement to look after himself and our children. So having to, having a, a husband without a, a pension um pension accruals of his own because he has spent a lot of time look, looking after the children while I've worked you know because of um, their special needs and that that was a very scary thought to me that if I died that pension could die with me leaving them um, you know not with nothing because obviously there's other provision for them but certainly a huge chunk of my my wealth and, and my legacy would be lost so that you know that that was a big driver to me so yeah a SAS essentially means that you are um you're, you're not operating with the constraint within the constraints of of you know those corporate rules you take the pot out of that corporate pension pot it becomes yours to manage you take the risk of that as well as the benefits of that you know it's to be taken very very seriously you know you're, you're in charge of you know what what potentially is is your biggest bank account or certainly one of your biggest bank accounts and it's really important to take that seriously you know learn about it and get that right but that that for me was the big driver of becoming a SAS trustee yes as I say, it was about the, you know, driving, using it to drive my business, to drive financial independence. But really critically, it was about I've got control of that now and it can't disappear overnight if I do. You know, it is still there for the family. It's a trust. It's a legacy. And so for my particular situation and everyone's situation is different. But for my particular situation that, you know, that was that was a key driver for me. Can you remember, Louise, the moment when you discovered SAS and what it would be able to do for you? 
I can, Amy. I first came across SAS um, in late 2018. Um, I remember the dates quite well. We were looking at ways to grow our property business. We've got a small buy-to-let portfolio. You know, we're, we're residential landlords and um, we wanted to start to get into, you know, other property strategies, perhaps commercial property, perhaps, you know, more, more business type property like, you know, let's say service accommodation or holiday letting, for example. So we came across the idea of using my pension, you know, to, to really propel that business forward, to fund that business and to, you know, to expand that portfolio. And I, I think that that's um, a pretty common way that, that people get introduced to SAS sort of through um, through the, the property community. Um, so I started to, you know, learn about SAS. I recognised the benefits immediately, but I also saw that there was a lot to learn and there was a lot of responsibility to take on. So <laughs> it's funny, actually, because I always say I was in the right place at the right time because I was learning about SAS from sort of early, tw- uh, late, 2018 through to early 2019 and then I heard in April 2019 Mark Stokes was launching something called the SAS Alliance in London and there was to be a big launch conference and this was somewhere where I could go and meet SAS trustees and and really learn about SAS. So the rest is history really. I went along to that conference, I learned lots about SAS, I met Mark I met his business partner, Nigel Green. Um, I networked with a lot of, you know, fantastic SAS trustees, some of of which have been on your podcast, actually. I met Michelle Bryant on that day, who's a great friend of mine now, Um, a few other people as well. And that really started sort of the snowball for me, really. I saw what was possible. I saw what people were doing. I saw how um, professional, you know, everyone was. And I realised that this was an opportunity for me to take control of my pension and to create that legacy that I so wanted to create um, for my family. Um, but I also saw it was a highly professional, you know, network of, you know, really um, polished and professional business people. And so there was no, you know, whiff of a scam or anything, you know, around around any of this. So I joined SAS Alliance as a founder member continued to sort of network in that community. I started to go out um, and I I helped um, get some of the the sort of local branches going up in Yorkshire and in the East Midlands as well, and just really enjoyed immersing myself in in that community. Um, And that led to me getting to know Mark, who, um, you know, we're now co-authors and co-producers of of our latest books, Our our Superstars. Um, And that led to me ultimately, you know, pressing the buttons and and, and setting up my SAS. So it's been kind of a really exciting sort of coming up for a couple of years, really. A real roller coaster as well, because it is a huge decision. You know, there were sleepless nights. There were, you know, waking up in the morning in the cold sweat thinking, what am I doing? You know, this is, this is, this is, you know, potentially um, a risky thing to do. But, you know, just getting, getting comfortable with all of that, really. And you mentioned earlier about a lost year of your life. Was that an inspiration for the book? Oh, interesting. Um, Lost year of my life was, uh, maybe I've had two lost years, actually. The first lost year of my life was actually um, 
fighting the system for my daughter's education. Um, so um, I, I was actually sitting watching Panorama last night. Um, it was called, I think, Fighting for an Education. And it was about the special educational needs and disabilities and how parents are, you know, really having to fight really hard against the system to get the support and to get the education that their children need. And so, you know, in a nutshell, my story is I, I had to go, go through that. I had to fight the system. Um, I had to take my local council to the Special Educational Needs and Disabilities Tribunal to court, basically. Um, I spent a year of my life working in my day job, um, studying Send Law in the evening, <laughs> um, building my case. And um, I spent close to a five-figure five sum paying professionals to represent me in court. And I went through that um, and I won. Uh, there was no way I was going to lose. <laughs> I won and I got everything that I needed for my daughter. Um, but that was, that was a lost year. I did, I did very little else in that year. Um, so no, the, the book, I guess, you know, the book, uh, the inspiration for the book was really, um, from networking in the SAS community, from talking to other trustees, and, you know, what, what I will say is, you know, because of these 22,000 people with, with SAS pensions, there's not a lot of material out there. There's not a lot of education. Most of the education currently is coming through uh, Mark and Nigel and the SAS Alliance. And Mark had already written a brilliant book in 2019 called SAS Pensions, which was a fantastic overview of what you could do with a SAS. And, and what he and Nigel and their families had done with their SAS. And as I networked, you know, people were, I could see people were kind of going to these networking meetings and going, what are you doing with yours? What are your plans? What have you done? Do you know anyone who's done this? Do you know anyone who's done that strategy? And there was just this hunger for, for knowledge and I think a hunger for just real life stories. And so that's where the idea for the book came from. So as a, as a new trustee or as a trustee going on their, their journey of setting up my SAS and then becoming a competent SAS trustee, I'm still working on that, um, to be honest. I was naturally picking out people that I thought were shining lights and, and that I thought were, you know, were doing a good job. Um, of being SAS trustees and we're pretty competent at it and we're doing you know really inspirational things to, to grow their wealth and to grow their legacy so I you know I was targeting people anyway for discussions because I'm, I'm a real networker and um, I thought as I was talking to people I thought you know I could I could keep this to myself or I could write a book. <laughs> so I identified 10 SAS trustees and I said, would you be interviewed by me? And would you let me write your stories into a book? So the book is basically, um, it's 10 chapters. It's 10 case studies from 10 trustees. And um, it's, it's about their real life stories. So it's not a boring pensions manual. It's 10 biographies in a way. And, it, and it's, it's warts and all, you know, some people have had, you know, real tragedy in their lives. Some people have had real challenge in their life. You know, these are 10 real stories from real people 
that have set up SAS pensions and then use those to fuel their businesses, to protect their businesses, to protect their family uh, wealth legacy, you know, and, and to and to really grow their family's wealth. Um, and I thought these stories are just too good not to be shared. Um, so I uh, I approached Mark um, to write the book with me. Um, so we we did a true joint venture and and we um, we we wrote it together. We developed it and, and co-produced it. So yeah, that's that's where the book came from but uh, the book took me about a year so I might describe that as a lost year as well Amy I did very little other than sort of work and uh, and wake up every morning thinking I've got to make progress on this book <laughs> so that was maybe a lost year as well <laughs> I don't think you quite realize what the implications will be and the knock-on ripple effect of the book because it is going to inspire so many people in generations, for generations to come because of the story case studies. And I've been privileged to, to sort of have read those in before the book was released because it was just so interesting to hear the diversity of what can be done and it will inspire future generations. So it, I don't think it is a lost year. I think it is an, an investment in everybody around you's lives in terms of passing on the knowledge. Yeah, you're, you're right. It, it was an investment. I mean, just the same way as my first last year was also an investment. That was an investment in my daughter, you know, who has um, significant um, special educational needs and disabilities, significant challenges. And um you know, as I say, that 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 year um, investing in um, in learning the law and in going to appeal and in you know investing financially in that process was was very much an investment in in her future, which is now much more secure, you know, that, than it would have been. Um, and then, you know, as I say, the the SAS and the family legacy, you know, really really follows on from that. So, what's happening next? What what's what's in the pipeline for you? Um, next for me is um, building my property portfolio. Um, so I am a property investor. Um, I am still working full time. We've, we've not particularly talked about what I do now, but I, I do work full time in a corporate role. I am a property investor. I'm building my own portfolio. So far with my SaaS, I've made a series of uh, mainly third-party secured property development loans. So I've, I've loaned my pension out to other property developers, you know, for a, um, a fixed return, sometimes for a fixed return, sometimes for, uh, for an equity position. Um, so next, I will be uh, pursuing, I think, more some of the more... Um, own business focus strategies that you can uh, pursue with SaaS. So, for example, a loan back to my own business to, to expand my property portfolio. I'm particularly interested at the moment in service accommodation and, and holiday lets. Um, so I'll be, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in the education phase of that right now and looking to, you know, sort of turn that wheel. Uh, but my SaaS can really be Kind of rocket fuel for that for that wheel really you know I've, I've got my own bank and instead of going out for mortgage finance or development finance you know I, I can leverage my SaaS to fund that business so so that's what's next for me I hope to be uh, doing some more writing and uh, you know we're, we're getting the, the first feedback to the book now because that's been out on Amazon 
um, for for a couple of weeks now, and I've, I've had some fantastic feedback from people that are already SaaS trustees, um, but also people that are considering SaaS as something that could, you know, play a role in their personal wealth building journey and also create a legacy for them, and you know. And, so much fantastic feedback you know someone I, um, I I know quite well said to me you know if only I'd had this you know five years ago when I was starting my SAS journey you know this is exactly what what the community wants so I, I hope to do to do more writing I hope uh, I hope that's that's not my only book my uh, English teacher when I was 14 told me I would be a writer actually and I've, I've always kind of had this pent-up need to write um, I've written over the years you know as a, as a professional marketer I've done quite a lot of writing um, and I've, uh, I've I've done magazine articles. I've done you know professional you know trade journals and things like that. But but this is my first book, and uh, uh, maybe maybe more will follow. I hope so. But I need to I need to carve out more time and and uh, and perhaps backtrack from my my corporate career to find time to do that. Amy, well, you talk about carving out your own time, and what what I find about the the SAS people and people who are SaaS superstars, let's call them all superstars, they have taken responsibility for their future. They have, they do know their why. And it's about carving out their own futures and also creating the legacies for the generations to come. And that is the beauty and the power of a SaaS. And I think that's something that's really important that it's never too late. You know, you are, you said earlier that you were approaching 50 and you wanted to sort of reassess the whole situation and and that's what is possible and you don't have to wait until then you know you can start now there's quite a few younger generations in their in their sort of 20s 30s 40s who are thinking oh this is actually a tool that could be really useful that's really true. And, um, you know, I know um, part of what Mark and Nigel try to do through SAS Alliance and certainly what they do through their own SAS with their own families. And they, you know, and then and so then they really showcase this as, as, a, as an example is trying to get the younger generation interested in, in pensions, because, I mean, most of us are guilty, aren't we, of... Um, thinking I know certainly pre-50 my pension was way out there in the future you know you you kind of um you know you you got the pension statement every year through the post you read it you thought okay that's fine and it didn't really mean anything and you sort of shoved it in the filing cabinet um and then you you did the same again next year but you know and, and I think that you know the younger generations they don't resonate with pensions so but you know there is there is a story to be told here because you can start really young as, as soon as you're 18 you can become a SAS trustee you can join your parents SAS you can join a group SAS you can start your own SAS all you need is a limited company you know to to sponsor the SAS and you can be up and running it's a tax efficient way to build your wealth it's a way to propel your business forward. And, you know, that's why, yeah, that's one of the reasons I've I've written the book. And, you know, we've got a, a whole mix of people in the book. Um, you know, the 10 superstars range from people that have gone into semi-retirement now and, uh, you know, perhaps using their SaaS, you know, drawing some of it down, you know, using it towards property development. There are others that are, you know, still have got sort of, you know, a good 10, 15, 20 years of their of their working life to go and are seeing a real opportunity to, you know, to build that, build that legacy, you know, for their families. 
Um, and, and that's the beauty of it, really. And, you know, the fact that you can use it, you can leverage it um, as a as a fund to propel your business. So, you know, the ideal scenario and what many trustees are trying to do is to use their pension to build their business such that they never actually have to touch their pension and they leave it as a legacy because they've used the SaaS to fund, you know, a business growth, whether that's property or any other kind of business. And that becomes the thing, you know, that they are able to live on in their retirement, leaving the SaaS pretty, you know, pretty much untouched um, as a legacy. And, um, you know, that's, as I say, coming back to our SaaS, you know, Ebony SaaS, that's that's certainly what what, what I was trying to do, um, creating something that, that could be looked after for the future generations and creating that legacy. And how does it feel to know that you've taken control and that you are now leaving a legacy behind for your family? Um, it feels very empowering, Amy. You know, I, I, I've already touched on, you know, it's, um, it's not an easy decision to make and nor should it be to, you know, to do what I have done and to do what many SAS trustees do. And that is taking control of what's seen as a, a gold-plated, you know, corporate pension. These are the pensions that, you know, you shouldn't mess around with. You know, and, and there's a lot of um, kind of status quo thinking out there about pensions. You know, a lot of IFAs, for example, are sceptical about SAS pensions. The, the kind of pension I had and that many people of my age have, as I say, is seen as a, a gold-plated pension that's guaranteed every year until you die. Why on earth would you mess around with that? Why on earth would you take control and start to you know, as a, as a novice investor, potentially start to take control of that and, and invest it. But, you know, the so so it's, it's a big decision and it's not to be taken lightly. And it took me around a year to make the decision, which I think is pretty typical, having talked to a lot of trustees. But the feeling is, is very empowering. And, you know, I'm one of the 22,000 now. Um, I'm in the minority. You know, as, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy swimming against the tide you know doing doing something differently if it's if it's right for me I'm happy to be you know an innovator I'm happy to do something um that's that's different from you know from received wisdom you know you've got to be comfortable with with that with that approach you know to become a SAS trustee I would say but it feels very empowering and you know I know that it will get me to my goals of financial independence perhaps earlier than I would have got to financial independence so that I can have choices you know while I still have um, energy and, and a difference to make um, and as I say will um, deliver that legacy for for my children to support them in the future the pension won't die with me and that's that's just so important to me. So who's inspired you on your journey? Oh, that's um, a really good question. Um, you know, all of the all of the um, SAS trustees that I've met have really inspired me. You know, Mark um, Mark Stokes really inspired me um, as he set up SAS Alliance and you know gave a platform to SAS trustees to talk about their their journeys, you know, and their their challenges and and their difficulties as well. What else? I um, a few things really. I guess you know, in terms of um, people that have inspired me, I, I often recommend to, to people that are that are having difficulties, and 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 often, you know, they might be um, 
women uh, in business or women in the property world or, you know, maybe even women trying to sort of set up set up SAS pensions. I often recommend um, a TED talk that I've watched a few times. Um, and it's it's three lessons on success from an Arab businesswoman. I don't know if you've seen it. It's Dr. Layla Hatate. And she talks about three lessons that she's learned from uh, being in business, you know, within that within that Arab culture. But the, the the big one that I take away, and I've scrolled on my notice board here in front of me, is use S H I T for fuel. So she says, when people criticise you, when people tell you you're not doing the right thing, when people tell you you're doing something different, you know, and 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 they're trying to kind of say, you know. Who are you to do that? You know, do you have permission to do that? Then don't take that on board, but use it as the fuel that drives you. And um, and, I, and I think that's important for for all of us to remember. So I think um, I, I think that that's that's a great TED talk and something that all women should watch actually, and all women in business for sure. And have there been any books that have particularly inspired you? Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm currently reading. Gosh, it's all the bad language now, Amy. I'm currently currently reading <laughs> How to Be Effing Awesome <laughs> by Dan Meredith. It's a well-known one, isn't it? Many people mention it. I love it. Um, a lot of the advice. It's an easy to read book. A lot of the advice in there is obvious, but it's about reminding yourself about it is okay to be really selfishly focused on your goals. Um, be around like-minded people. You know, that's that's what I have found in the last couple of years. Be around like-minded people to support you. Um, don't care too much about the status quo and the received wisdom and what other people think, because there will be naysayers, whatever you're doing. And particularly, you know, in, in my own experience of, of, of doing something very different with, with my pension and with my future and with my retirement, so don't care about what other people think and be happy to be individual. He says, be happy to be a little bit weird. So that, that's how he describes it. And uh, we certainly embrace that in our household, uh, full, which is full of neurodiversity with uh, one daughter with um, autism and, and many other special needs and the other child with, with ADHD as well. So uh, we're all about embracing the weird <laughs> and being yourself and being different and, and linked to that really. Um, an important book that uh, that I uh, I think it's important uh, for anyone to for, for everyone to read, whether they are touched by autism personally or not, is a book called um, Neurotribes by Steve Silberman, and he. He talks about, you know, how we need to think smarter um, about people who think differently. He says, you know, is autism a disability or is it just a cognitive way of being that allows the human race to actually propel forward? And, you know, I'm obviously in this world every day and I've had my struggles, you know, fighting for the support that my daughter needs. And um, we tend to think of autism as as a disability and as, as a limiter. And of course, in a neurotypical world, it is. But when you reflect upon um, the, the, the people with, with autism or who we think have been autistic, that have really changed the world. You know, they are many, many and too far, too many, many to mention. 
but you know, when you think about Einstein, Newton, Diane Fossey, they were all autistic, so hyper-focused on, you know, what they were discovering um, and theorizing about, you know, Alan Turing was undoubtedly autistic. What a breakthrough he made, you know, from, from the world of, of the arts, Tim Burton, Lewis Carroll, you know, these fantastic creative personalities and, and creative minds. And when you think of neurodiversity in those terms, you know, you, you do understand how um, these minds are propelling the human race forward, which is uh, the theory is that's why autism is actually on the increase. People have different theories. It's been diagnosed more. We understand it more. All of that's undoubtedly true. Uh, but there is also a theory that, you know, autistics are propelling us forward and therefore, you know, are being successful in, in the gene pool in a way. Um, and that's that's part of what um, what is talked about in this book. So I think, you know, I, I, I do encourage people to, to read that book and understand, you know, uh, as I say, it, it, it touches our lives personally. We, we know that autistic people have huge contributions to make and yet are very limited in their employment um, opportunities, uh, much more so than other disabilities. Um, you know, there's, there's some frightening figures. Um, that I can't put my hands on right now, but um, only 32% of autistic adults are in some kind of paid employment compared to 80% of non-disabled people and 47% of disabled people. Just 16% of autistic adults are in full-time paid employment. And when you understand those figures, you understand my why, you know, and my driver for creating that legacy because my child is um, very intelligent, is in a top selective school and you're very, what's called high functioning, but needs a huge amount of support to actually function in everyday life. So having, you know, having the brain and that, that cognitive ability is not necessarily a guarantee that an autistic person will get on and be successful in a neurotypical world. So that's my little soapbox moment, Amy. But, um, you know, I think uh, I, I just want to get that message across. That's important for me as an autism advocate and as an autism mom as well. Well, it's a really powerful message. And I think that there's there's a lot to be taken from all of that. Louise, it's been an absolute pleasure having your SAS superstar presence on, on the show today. And I just want to wish you all the best with the book, which has been so far really well received and will continue to be so and let that ripple effect continue. How would people get in contact with you? Thanks, Amy. So, yeah, you can find me in the usual socials. I'm on Facebook as Louise Wrighton. Um, I'm on Instagram as Lusas underscore property. Um, you'll find me as Louise Wrighton if you search and LinkedIn as Louise Wrighton as well. And I'm active in all those. And I'm more than happy for anyone to contact me around anything I've talked about, really, but particularly to find out more about SAS. Well, I'll make sure all of those details are in the show notes going on. So that's no problem at all. Do you have a final message for everyone today? Yeah, I think I would say, Amy, you know, my message is about daring to be different, dare to be different. Have the courage, you know, to pursue your purpose and, and to create a legacy 
be uh, be an ebony wand bearer. You know, I talked earlier about ebony wood having all those special characteristics and being most suited to the hands of the nonconformist and the individual, those pursuing their purpose and not being detracted from that. So, yeah. Pursue your passion, pursue your purpose, create your legacy and be an ebony wand bearer is my message. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Facebook and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.